Yura, hello. My name is Zai Hebersley, a proud Pitta Pitta man, and I pay my respects to the ancestors, elders, past, present, and emerging, who strengthens and guides us, continually nurtures us, and inspires us to be future custodians of this land. Now sit back, enjoy, and why don't you listen on into a bit of a yarn? Welcome, welcome to um, the Yarning Circle. So, it's so awesome having you on here, man. Um, for those on listening on in, we have Oscar. Um, Oscar is the absolute man. He's the legend. What is your... What's your gig? What, what do you do, man? Talk to me. What do I do? I make it up as I go, don't I? Oh, don't we all? Um, uh, so, I'm co-owner of Rugby League Riders, yep. uh, which is a business I started three or four, four years ago now. Um, with a mate that I met through footy, um, a New Zealand fellow called Jason. Um, so yeah, we both found ourselves watching every game of footy every weekend, sometimes twice. Um, we loved all the X's and O's. You know, a lot of rugby league media focuses on all the. Can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's... All the shit that happens outside um, the eighty minutes each weekend. Yeah. Um, whereas we had a really keen focus on what was happening on the field um, every night, and so yeah few afternoons at the pub over some schooners talking about footy we decided to start writing about it during COVID um, and that's just kind of rolled over over the last few years um, and then this year is the first time that I've kind of taken a back seat from um, teaching and some other like full-time work that I was doing um, and, and made rugby league riders the main breadwinner I guess this year which has been really cool um, uh, a surreal feeling kind of waking up and going into the room next door and and working for myself um, just in the last few weeks. Obviously, footy season's just started. Uh, we're in round two at the moment. So, yeah, man, it's cool. Um, that's where I spend most of my time and energy is watching footy and riding uh, vocational schools up here in Brizzy. Um, I'm doing some casual work across all the campuses at the moment, which has been really good. Get to meet some different practitioners, work with a bunch of different kids. Keeps me on my toes. Yeah, most um, definitely. And, yeah, breaks up the routine a bit. Otherwise, sometimes I go a bit stir-crazy writing thousands of words about mm. the same oval shaped ball every week mm-hmm. so no it's good man it's good. so when so when you say writing about footy is it all about what's happening on in your game yeah and it's and it's do you break down like the analytics of it yeah. or yeah yeah so we'll look big at um i mean stats aren't everything um but yeah we look look closely at stats uh, we'll cut up gifs of scoring actions or moments in games and talk about that focusing on um, you know, player combinations and uh, attacking styles and trends and stuff in the game. So I guess our two main demographics that we're targeting is footy nerds like ourselves. Yeah. Um, and then punters that want to feel more informed about what they're betting on, um, which is a category I also fall into. Mm. Um, so yeah, whether or not you just want to have whether or not we just want to be talking about a new player that's just come on the scene or a new shape that we've never seen before or whether we're looking at, um, you know, where the value might be in a certain game each week. So, yeah. So it's really breaking down the game. Yeah, uh, super as a, specific. As a ho- yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's like, for example, um, I wrote a piece this week about hookers. Um, I think over the last few years in the NRL, um, for any mad footy heads that are listening, um, ball playing lock forward, so that guy in the middle of the field, who can pass a ball um, one off the ruck and, and be that link man between the dummy half and the and the outside backs. 
that's been something that's really come into the fore over the last few years with guys like Cam Murray and Isaiah mm. Yo, Victor mm. Radley, these kind of guys. Um, but this year, the sample size is only small, but from the first two weeks of this season, we're seeing dummy halves get a lot more involved in attack. Mm. Um, so I wrote a piece on, on the dummy halves, some of the some of the better dummy halves going around in the competition this week. And that'll be something that I'll watch out for over the next few weeks. Like, are teams that have this type of dummy half more effective than, you know, someone yeah. else, for example. So, yeah, super analytical, X's and O's-y kind of stuff. Yeah, that's wicked, man. Yeah. So, I'm going to ask the elephant in the room. Yep. What you, what's your opinion on the Dolphins this year? Because they have come out with a bang, yeah, bro. Yeah, 100%. They have just... Fins up, baby. That's yeah, what I've been saying right. at school fins, all week. Fins up, fins up. <laughs> Honestly, man, like, like, I was talking to some of the boys as well, and we watched the game. Yep. Here, and... um. Man, the whole time I'm like, nah. I was like, new team, fresh yep. everything. I was like, they're not going to pull through. Yep. They'll, you know, this year will be their getting ready. Growing, year, their yeah, growing yeah. year, yep. which is what everyone's been saying. Yep. And they just annihilated the chooks, bro. Yeah, smoked like, them. Yeah, I think. Well, almost one of the top sides. Yeah, and yeah. I was just... Are you a Bronx fan? Away. I'm a Bunnies fan. Oh, of course yeah. you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, likewise, go the Bunnies. Yeah, I'll the Bunnies. Um, I think... From speaking to a lot of people around Brisbane, a lot of Cowboys and um, Broncos fans, obviously, living in the city. But I think the best thing about that win last week for the Dolphins was so many people jumping on board yeah. with them as, you know, whether or not it's their favorite team now, but certainly I think there's a, a bit of a vibe that it's everyone's second team mm. a little bit this mm. year, which is sick. I think from a content perspective, the Dolphins are just a goldmine for us oh. at Rugby League Riders this year. 100%. And like just even... Even in how they've just come out of almost nowhere yep. and have just gone bang, here's yep. a new side, here's new players, here's new everything. Yep. And not not to not to mention, you know, the the coaching for them, you know, having having such a professional coach on their side who has led so many teams continuously into premierships yep. and him to just be like this is it. Like, yeah. we're a brand new side, we're the underdogs almost. Yeah, yeah. And there's been chit chatter and, and all of this like I've got a lot of mates that play for development sides for yep. Redcliffe and yep. all this, and they're now so focused Just of buzzing to get in, there. get to get in, yeah, yeah. and it was kind of this. Oh, before prior was oh maybe yeah sure. like we'll see how they go, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they just smoked. It's funny how eighty minutes can change so much about what people think yeah, of, of a side. I think yeah, Wayne Bennett a huge factor. It's funny. People were talking about, you know, maybe his allure has worn off a little bit in the fact that they weren't able to sign all these big mm. names for this season. Um, and then we've seen even in the last couple of days, I think Tom Flegler and Herbie Farnworth have both signed there. Like Herbie killed it the last mm. two weeks mm. for the Bronx. So mm. I think we're going to see, you know, I saw it this morning even there was a Fox, Fox Sports article about how they've got this war chest that they're going to splash cash on for next yeah. year. Like yeah. I don't think they're going to have any trouble picking up players oh, no. after the, the performance they put in last week. Um, we talked, I, I'm on the Neds NRL punting podcast um, with Duralio Yee and a couple other guys from Neds. Yeah. And we were talking yesterday, um, you know, they like to throw in a few hot takes around and oh, yeah, Dolphins premier or finalist contenders this year. I don't know if they'll play finals, um, but I don't think they're going to get the wooden spoon. I don't think Wayne Bennett's going to let that happen. No, so, no that's good to not. see, man. Definitely I love it. Not. That's wicked, man. Mm. So, just really quickly on what 
you just mentioned about the Ned's podcasting. Yep. So what is that? So is that like something that you're doing outside of your work or is that entitled into it? Yeah. Or how does... Yeah, it rolls into it. They contacted us last year um, and just to see if we we're interested in doing some work for them. Um, so yeah, I jumped onto a couple. We were doing some social videos um, for them last year, just previewing one game each week. Um, and then, yeah, they got me on as a guest last year for the punting podcast, which is basically talking about everything that happened that week in the NRL and then giving some tips and that kind of stuff and just chatting a bit of shit, really having a laugh. Um, and that was thankfully, um, got asked to go on to the podcast full time this year. So you can find that on all your Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. For everybody who's listening on in definitely go listen to that it's something it's really really awesome to be able to collab with other people who are in the same space yeah and being able to have a joint conversation around essentially the same thing which is you know that awareness to the game awareness to the sport and awareness to what people like you and myself are trying to do and create that that influence yeah but doing it in a way that's entertaining yeah, and doing it in so. a way that's that's different than just having one-on-one conversation with people. Yeah. It creates a crazy like flow-on impact. It opens up discussion, I guess, for people to jump in where they like as well. Definitely, man. Yeah. Definitely. So running the um, your business yep. and now doing the podcasting and working yep. you know, part-time yep. as a casual for the why, mm. was there, what, like, what was your bringing up? Like, how did you, what was your childhood like? Was it, you know, was it healthy? Was it toxic? What what got you into a position of success that yeah. you are in today? Um, man, I had a very, very privileged upbringing. Yeah. Um, my mum and dad, beautiful people, raised myself and my brother uh, amazingly. You know, I went to private schools all, all the way through um, my schooling. So very lucky, I guess, to have a lot of good role models and access to a lot of things that, Obviously, as we know now, working at the Y, it's not the norm mm-hmm. um, to have access to, you know, these expensive private schools mm. and going on sporting camps and going on holidays and all that kind of jazz. So, yeah, I was super lucky growing up. Um, both my parents went to university. Um, both are in, you know, successful professional careers. Um, so, yeah, as a young fellow, I think that was just always my natural progression. It was like, okay, go through school. Yeah. Um, I did well at school. I enjoyed school. Um, and then straight from school, it was like, yep, let's go to uni, then let's get a career, and and that's kind of it. And then I ended up taking a gap year after I finished year 12. It was like a really last-minute decision thing. But my mum had worked with someone who'd worked at a YMCA summer camp over in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Like a recreational camp, like exactly the kind of thing that you see in the movies and the log cabins out in the forest, and they go on a big lake. Yeah, yeah, exactly, bro. Um, so yeah, very last minute ended up applying for a camp counselor role there, which is basically like the kids roll in on a Sunday, they get put in a cabin of, you know, 15 or so kids, the same age. Um, and then there's two counselors that are in that cabin with them and you just live with these kids for Mm. a week, you sleep in the same cabin Mm. with them. You take them around to all the, um, different activities around there. So I was hired as a lifeguard, um, cause we had a pool and there's like aquatic sports and stuff. Um, got over there and ended up helping out with the um, cleaning the stables because I had a horse riding um, camp up there as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And then somehow just fell into, I kind of talked myself into a horse riding instructor role, even though I'd spent about three hours in the saddle my whole <laughs> life. 
Um, thankfully, the horses were pretty placid. Yeah. Um, so yeah, ended up working there for three months as a horse riding instructor, working with kids, not necessarily the same kids that we work at, mm. uh, work with at mm. the Y here. Um, in America, it's just very much part of their culture um, for kids to, to go away for a week in these summer camps. Yeah. So mum and dad, you know, whether they're from a low socioeconomic um, area or whether mum and dad are jumping on a cruise, you know, mm. around <clears throat> around the country for, for a week, it's very normal for these kids to come into camp and hang out with people their own age. I think it's sick. I'd love... Yeah, and I'm, that's such like a culture that I think we need. I well, think so. Not that we, I think we need. I know we need yeah. it. Like the the culture that's that's developed around our young... 18, 19, 17 year old youth is so toxic. Mm. It's if you finish school, maybe go to uni and then what schoolies and then clubbing and drinking and partying. Like that's, that's it. Mm. And then there's no aspiration for anything else unless you're, Again, extremely driven and or gifted and, or in, gifted like a specific in, in area, footy or whatever, yep. and you you know that's what you want to do, yep. and you follow that. Yep. And most people don't. Yeah. Don't get that, yep. and most people don't or don't harness that until a later age. Yeah, hundred. You know, and even like in myself, like so many people that I know, every conversation is, "Oh man, second I'm eighteen and finished school at schoolies yep. and schoolies and yep. and I'm gonna go partying and I'm gonna go to Bali for three weeks." Yeah. And that's yeah. wicked, man. Like, yeah. good on you. But what are you getting out of it? Yeah. Are you getting experience? Are you getting? Are you growing? Mm. Are you saving money? Are you, like. All of these things, you know, people say, oh, that comes later. Yeah. But this is the time to grind. Yeah, like, I believe personally, your mm. 20s to even your 30s yeah. is your hardest time to grind yeah. and your hardest time to be able to set yourself up yeah. for a future. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that once you hit that later age, it's too late or anything like that. But if you can, if you can get successful in this period yeah. and this age, in that, you know, that 20 to 30 age group, you're like... 60% more likely set it, set yourself up. Yeah. And even like how you were saying how it's kind of a culture mm. that's been developed over yep. there. The relationships, 100%. the healthy mentoring, yeah. the the friendship, the, yeah. the stuff that you can't get mm. over one night yeah. or over just seeing someone face to face is something that Australia doesn't necessarily have. Yeah, I think the closest thing we've got to it is like, and you kind of touch on it. If you're an elite athlete or, you know, a budding elite mm. athlete, you might go to a, a cricket camp for a week or a, or an academy with an AFL club, you know, whatever right, it is. But right. yeah, I think super powerful for these kids. You know, you've got one kid coming from a really rich, privileged home and then you've mm. got another kid who's, you know, older brothers are caught up in gang, you know, the gang culture over yeah. in America. Yeah having those two kids come in and live in a cabin together for a week at 13, 14, 15 years of age, like so powerful for them. A hundred percent. I mean, we see it a little bit. I did a, um, I was working at North Lakes uh, this week when on Monday and I did parade, which is like the morning assembly that we do yep. at the Y. Yep. Um, and I talked about my experience working at, campuses on the north side versus the south side Mm -hmm. and like our kids have i was thinking about on the way in it's like almost like a tribal kind of gang mentality of like and and i totally get it i think it's an innate part of our of our um you know 
personalities as humans mm. is you want to protect your own, right? 100%. And you're wary of outsiders. Um, and I see that with our kids, you know, the Northsiders talk shit about the Southsiders. And, yep. and my message in this parade was you guys are like all the same. I'm like oh. all the shit that you're dealing with. Yep. Like, it's identical. Yeah. It's quite literally identical. Yeah. Um, like I, I just wrote head noise on the board behind me and I just was like, all right, what do you guys think of like, what does this mean to you? Mm. I was like the head noise that you get, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you know something shitty happens, you know, at the start of your day, or you've got this issue or the head noise creeps in because of something you were talking about three weeks ago in a conversation to a girl you liked or yep. whatever it yep. might be. Yep. I said like, it's so easy for us to face these things in isolation. Like our first instinct is oh, that's embarrassing to me, so I'm not going to share it or I'm, mm. I'm not going to express it to someone else. Mm. But the reality is the kid in North Lakes dealing with that head noise, there's 15 of them down in Ipswich dealing with the same head noise at the yep. same point of day. Like, yep. So yeah, my message to those kids was like, don't feel like you're alone all the time because mm. the chances are there's someone else going through the exact same thing as mm. you. And if you just open up, it's going to be that much easier for you to face that and get over it. Yeah. So. And that's like bang on. Mm. And that's that's something that I've noticed so much, especially in this workspace and talking to people and being able to, because prior to being set up at the campus that I'm at now, I used to do mobile um, programs. Oh, cool. So I used to go around everywhere to, you know, juvies, churches, schools, all yep. these places and run a program in these areas. Yep. And it is always around the same it's always the same conversations. Yep. It's the same, the same issues to a degree. Yep. It's, you know, and, but people still at each other. Yeah. And there's still this so- animosity, so- animosity yeah, yeah. and a social yeah. divide. Yeah. And it's like, why are we doing this? Yeah. yeah. Like everybody's anxious. Yeah. Everybody's going through stuff. Yeah. Some, everybody struggles to get out of bed at some point. Yeah. And, like, especially for our young men, mm. you know, like, which is massive on, and I really, really emphasize that, like, young men's mental health yep. is so, so important, mm. but yet there's, like, a society, oh, like, yeah, it's all good, like, you know. Man up. Man up, you'll yeah. be right. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, and it's really difficult, and it's hard, yeah. and it's it's really, really upsetting to see young people have already been socially divided, but there's this it's okay kind of culture mm, mm. and that's something that is really really important yeah and so, especially to myself um you know growing up in the murray side of stuff as mm, well like mm. there's this continuous divide socially because you don't fit in that group or you don't play footy or yeah. you're not a boxer or yeah. you're like and you know or you're not murray enough or you're yeah, not black yeah, enough yeah. or you're too white like yeah. you, and there's this crazy push and pull that yeah. happens at a young age and then once you get to, you know, your mid twenties, you're like, who am I? Like, who am I? Like, what am I doing? What do I stand what for? What do I stand for? Yeah. What are my morals? Like, yeah. where am I going in life? Yeah. You know, I talk to so many young people and they, they hit me up like I'm lost, bro. I don't know mm. what to do. Mm. And it's, it is something that's been developed from a very, very young yeah, age. Yeah, I think so. We're programmed into it, even like subconsciously. hundred percent. But like the benefits of opening up, like, oh, you... I'll use the summer camp as an example again. Mm. This this was 20, uh, when was I? 2013, so 10 years ago. And some of these moments, like I can still remember clear as day. 
So we'd have like a reflection just before bed, you know, jam, a day jam packed full of activities. Mm. So these kids are ratchet by the end of the day. They're just so exhausted. <laughs> have a feed, um, do some sort of nighttime like campfire activity with the whole camp. And then all the cabins go back into, into their little cabins get into bed and then we do like a reflection of the day. Mm. Sometimes a super lighthearted, like what would you like about today or whatever. And then generally speaking, as the week went on, on day on, you know, day or night five or six or seven, you start obviously um, developing more of a relationship mm. with these kids and they'll open up. Man, I'll never forget this one cabin I had once the first night sat down to do like a real generic basic reflection. And it ended up talking about, um, uh, going around the cabin with the 14 year old kids, mind you talking about like um, some of the biggest hardships that they'd faced. And, you know, one of them, I, I remember some of the hardships being relatively trivial, mm-hmm. right? You go, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, yeah. That's tough for you. That's, but you know, all right. And then the next kid talks about how his best friend at the age of 10, they were walking home from school um, and these vans pulled up next to him, open fired on him. These kids are 10 years old because the, the boy's older brother was part of a gang mm. and there mm. was beef with them and, and mm. another local gang. So the rival gangs cruised up and shot at the younger brother of what? the kid who was in the gang. And this kid tells me the story of him holding his 10-year-old best friend, no school backpack on, Dude. bleeding out in his arms on the side of the road. And it's I like got, I got goosebumps, bro. It's, I have I got goosebumps yeah, right now. It's that just is, heavy, man. Heavy, heavy stuff. At ten? At ten years old. Yeah. Dude, that's unfathomable. Yeah. And bro, for me, a privileged little white kid coming from <laughs> You're New like, South Wales. Uh, yeah. I was like, Holy fuck. <laughs> what do I say? You know, what do I and do? like as and the fact that we're talking about it now, ten years on, shows how yeah. powerful that moment was. Oh. Like, I've no doubt that that kid took something, some positive experience from that, yeah. just being able to speak yeah. about it and yeah. converse, uh, not conversely, at the same time, the other 10 kids in the room who heard that story, like, their whole lives just got put into perspective. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Bro, I love that word perspective, mm. man. I, mm. I talk about that all the time on here and yep. the perspective that you have matters 150% of the time. Yep. If you if you can't change your perspective, your p- Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> your you know your perception or your perspective on things yep. you don't grow yeah you don't learn 100%. you don't and like honestly goosebumps mm. when i just heard that yeah. and that like it's real yeah it is so real yeah and we are so blinded to it we are so you know like for myself just get up jump in the car go to work yeah you know growing up running around the streets with the boys and yeah. and you know playing footy where mm. you're safe mm. and you're but just that in itself is is re- unfathomable. Yeah. You know, like that's that's a whole nother level of generational trauma yeah. and yeah. internal identity and all of these things that we work with yeah, yeah. and we see on a day to day basis. Yeah. And at the moment, you know, there's there's individual students that I'm working with that are have that blind perspective. Mm. And it's you know, whether they've gone through something really traumatic or not, yep. it's the world's on me. I'm a piece of crap. Yes. I'm not good enough. I'm this, I'm that. Yep. I don't deserve help. Yep. I don't trust anyone. And they're 
essentially manifesting it mm. to themselves yeah. continuously. Yeah. And it's not like a one conversation. It's like months, yeah. months of it. And then you have a young 10 year old boy who mm. has built the confidence to mm. go. I literally watched my mate yeah. die yeah. due to gang violence yeah. is just next level. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, sometimes you don't have the words to say as well, especially in our job. Like, as you know, Oh yeah, man. Um, and in, in, in those moments, like that's a learning experience in mm. and of itself. Like, Sometimes the people around you aren't going to have the answers, Definitely. but at the very least you can open up and let them in. Mm. They might not be able to say the magic words that are going to make it all better, but the very fact that you're making an ally out of that person that's in the room with you, like, I think that's the most important thing that I took away from it. Like, Definitely. I'm not sure how much I helped that kid, mm. but I'm sure that I helped him help everyone else in that room. Definitely. And like, that group was the like, the domino effect yeah, is so much bigger yeah. than yeah and i think like that cabin was tight as for the rest yeah. of the week you know yeah. like those boys were looking out for each other all yeah. the time and like, bonding over trauma bro is a massive thing yeah so when i was running my programs and things like that that's something i'd touch on yeah. very very heavily and yeah. i was working with a lot of you know youth gang and a lot of you know young troubled, troubled individuals youth. yeah yeah and when someone says something, you know, whether it's in a conversation or, you know, we get in a yarning circle and we have a yarn or yep. exactly like the cabin situation yep. and someone, you know, oh, I didn't grow up without a dad. Yeah. There's four other followers over here yeah, that haven't bro. grown up without a dad. Yeah. They bond together. Yeah. And they're like tight as yeah. now, man, you yeah. know, like, and just from that one just from, just from that tiny yep. trauma bond. Yeah. And it's really, really awesome to be able to see that happen in front of you. Yeah. And I know you know what I'm yep. talking about, yep. but- for, for what you were saying before around, you know, when people like us in the industry that, that don't know what to say, yep. sometimes silence is so much louder yeah. than words, man. Yeah. There's been so many opportunities and situations where I'm sitting with a young person mm. and it's just like word vomit yeah. and it's vent and it's vent and it's yeah. vent and it's vent. And then by the end of it, you're just like, yeah, I have no idea what to say. <laughs> I've never been through what you're going yeah, through, bro. but... I'm going to bring myself back and it's, do you feel better? Yeah. Are you good now? Yeah. Sometimes I just need that vent. And I've seen it happen yeah. and they're like, whew, I'm they good. Go, they go, I'm oh good. shit, sorry, man. Oh. Thank you, sir. Sorry. Yeah. I just, you know, I just got, bro. Yeah. It's all good, man. Yeah. Like, let it out. You yeah. know, and it's so important to have healthy people around that we can talk yeah. to. And there's no reason why that safe space can't be in the car with a parent or a carer on the way to school or 100%. waiting at the bus stop with your mate on the way yep. home. Like it shouldn't have to be with, and I don't like using this word, but a professional. Yeah. Like it should be with whoever, like, and I think that's, what's really important and, and a positive thing about, mm. um, you know, this whole push for recognizing young men's mental health mm. is like creating these safe spaces well, not even creating them, but helping other people create them, bro. Like we shouldn't Definitely. have to facilitate those conversations. They should just be happening. And not to a point where it's build, 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 then explode. Yeah. It's something's going on. Yeah. I've got a mentor. I've got a mate. I've got someone I can go to to talk about. Whether it's like the most dumbest thing on the yeah. planet or it's extremely important and it's mm. emotional, you mm. know, like we need to, we need to be able to have yarns, mm. you know, spit yarns with, mm. with you know, your brethren and your friends and be able to go, man, I'm, I'm doing it tough this week. Hey, yeah. like I'm not feeling good. Yeah. 
And I've, I have really, really tried to build that culture yep. when I'm having conversation with people mm. and I'm interacting with people. And, you know, there's a young fella at the moment who I'm, you know, really, really getting close with. And he's, yep. he's the absolute man. And we're, we're, you know, we're young and we're trained together and we, yep. he's, he's a really, really awesome dude. And every single time, I'm so proud of you, bro. Yeah. And you watch him and he's like, yeah. why is he? Yeah, like, yeah. That's, it's weird, yeah. but it's like, it's needed. Yeah. You know? You've got to normalize that. You've got to normalize the yeah. encouragement yeah. and the, because this it is so easy to put someone down. Yeah. It is so easy to look at the negative. It's the easiest part of life yeah. is doing it hard. Yeah. That's easy. Yeah. The yeah, easy, well the easy part of, you know, going through what you're going through is, oh, this is shit. It's too hard. Mm. I give up. That's easy, man. The hard part is going, brother, can you just, can you spit your arm with me for Mm. 10 minutes? Mm. Can we, you know, Bungie, I need, you know, I need some support right now. I'm not doing tough. I'm doing, you know, I'm doing it tough, man. And that builds not only resilience, but it makes you grow. Yeah. Because you're uncomfortable. Yeah. And when you're uncomfortable, you grow. And and you you learn learn about yourself. Yeah. It's crazy, man. So, doing the sports stuff, is it, has that always been the dream? What was there no, ever? Bro, not really. Hey, I think yeah, we got a bit off track there, but that's good. That's I didn't right. know where we were going to go with this potty, but I think that's that's a good thing about it. Spitting yarns, man. Um, yeah, so I went, uh, did the summer camp in the gap year, came back, worked a couple of hospo jobs until um, uni started the following year. Moved up to Brizzy, um, and then yeah, I dove right into uni. Like I was always very academically inclined. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember my first uni assignment. I got, like, I worked for ages on it, bro. Like, way more than a first year art yeah. student should, yeah. be, for, like, should be working on it. Yeah, I sent it, <laughs> I sent it back to my old history teacher for, like, drafting and everything. Yeah, like, true. Like, it was, like, it was That's good. That's good, man. That's good. And I remember yeah, I, I got, wish I had that enthusiasm in school. Like, yeah. Oh, no. I remember I got, um, I got a really good mark on that first one. And then I was living on campus at the time. Um, talk about to- toxic masculinity. There you go. I don't even know if I want to go down that rabbit hole. But <laughs> it was, um, if you've seen American Pie, then that's Ooh. what college life was like. Yeah. It was just, you know, so many positives. The boys. But you know, yeah, so in hindsight, some negatives as well. Anyway, so I smashed out that first assignment, got a mad mark for it. And then I was just like, I'm here with all these new people in a new place. And I decided my, I don't know if it was subconscious or conscious, but my focus definitely shifted more to making the most out of my lived experiences there mm. rather than really focusing on um, my education. Yeah, I knew that I could get by fours open doors is the golden saying in, in mm-hmm. university. So mm-hmm. I, I knew I could pass and get out of uni what I wanted to get out of it yeah. while still investing more in my relationships and my social life for better or for worse. Probably a bit of both. Um, And I also found that around that time, I started questioning what was up until that point, very much a natural progression. Like I touched on Mm. before, go through school, go through uni, get a job. That's my career. That's my life settled. Mm. And I kind of, I was just like, that's a bit like you were saying before as well in our twenties, like this is our time to grind and our time to like live and learn shit about ourselves. And so, yeah, I kind of, I went a bit off. I always wanted to teach. That was my thing that I always wanted to do. Yeah. Always wanted to be a teacher. So I was studying a Bachelor of Arts and, a, and then a Diploma of Education. 
um, English and ancient history were my subject areas. And we'll talk about that a bit later, but I'm a mad history buff. True. Um, and I think that ties in really good to some culture stuff that Definitely, we'll talk about yeah, we'll yarn, later yeah. on the pod. Um, so yeah, I was just like, I just questioned it a little bit. I was like, why, why should I just go through school, go through uni, get a job and not like explore what else life might mm. have to offer me? Like some of the coolest people I knew were people that I'd met through hospitality, just part-time work who were off making, starting businesses or going on traveling or yeah. doing these cool, like, I don't know, it just caught my interest. Um, so I, I finished uni. I didn't take any work. I got offered a couple of jobs like through the prax that I did. Like, no, nah, I don't want to go into mainstream school. Like I'd yeah. worked with these troubled young kids through the Y yeah. and seen the impact that relationship building and like mentoring can have on young people. Yeah. And I knew that in mainstream school, there's just not the time afforded to mm. do that kind of stuff. Mm. And the, the last thing I felt like doing was going into a, a year 10 classroom and talking about Romeo and Juliet or talking about you know, just whatever text that we were writing about. Yeah, bro. Same. Here's your assignment. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. Like I would have had, there would have been plenty that I enjoyed about it, but it just, it just didn't feel right for me. So I just, I didn't take it for whatever reason. I didn't take it. Um, just kept working in a hospital. I think at that time I wanted to open a cafe um, because I mean, you, you do what you know, right? Mm. And what I knew was mm. working in, in hospitality and like, I like talking to people and I was, I was a good barista. So mm passion for food thankfully covid come around like 12 months later thank god i didn't get into the cafe game there you go um so yeah covid hit um i got on the job keeper allowance through centrelink because i lost my, my job and then um that's why i suddenly had all this free time and that's when jace and i kicked off rugby league riders it was like well fuck i'm sitting at home all day every day well do playing more cod than my brain can handle <laughs> I was like, at least I can get up every morning and spend two hours writing about the game yeah. of footy I watched the night before. Yeah. So yeah, we started doing that. Um, and like I said, it was part-time for three years. I think the year after that, I started working at the Y part-time originally and then got sucked into it pretty quick. I realized that was a place where, you know, if I walked into a classroom and I could tell that the curriculum, whatever content I was supposed to be teaching today, I could tell if the kids were up for it or if they weren't. And if they weren't, I had, you know, the freedom to go, fuck it, let's not do that. Yeah. Let's talk about what's bothering you or let's talk about Bro. what was on the news last night or like yep. what some societal issues that are happening. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed that side of things. And then, um, and then, yeah, just kept doing the writing stuff on the side. Um, and then I actually walked away from the Y two years ago after that first year of teaching, which was hard, bro. Cause I was really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, but I got an opportunity to work with the PNG, the Papua New Guinea hunters who compete in the Queensland cup. Yeah. Um, so I worked with them all last year. Um, I think it's always, I shouldn't say that. it wasn't always a dream of mine to work in professional mm. sport, but it, mm. my interest and my passion in rugby league through rugby league riders kind of led me down that path so yeah i worked with the hunters last year what was that like like was that it was working with high star professionals is is a whole nother ball game yeah like it was um it was a culture shock that's for sure mm. um i think one thing i've always been um like very lucky to be good at is like relationships and connecting with people 
whether you're a muso or a footy head or a yeah. gamer or there's a, always something there's that something you can I build can, on. a common ground yeah. yeah yeah um and that was really important because um the Papua New Guineans who I've never had any experience or exposure I couldn't I didn't have any friends from PNG yeah. although yeah. ironically Kylan is from the, Papua New Guinea yeah. and I didn't even know that at the time so yeah. you know, that shows yeah. how much I knew about the culture yeah um it was sick man really cool um they're a very beautiful uh kind very cheeky like humorous people <laughs> mm-hmm. um obviously only a small sample size but from what I gathered from yeah. from the way they interacted yeah. with one another a lot of love to give bro yeah. these Papua New Guinea Thank you for everybody to listening on into the Yarning Circle. Make sure to share, comment, subscribe, and like. And if you're wanting to watch the visual side of this podcast, make sure to hit azaya.hippersleep at youtube.com. Oh, 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 o